This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Welcome back, brother. Amen. <laughs> Everybody, um, welcome today. Today is Tuesday the 14th. We're doing a very special thing here. We've got Brother Tommy Hollihan uh, back today, and he'll be on Wednesday as well, um, bringing word. And it was a powerful word yesterday. It's in the archive, and I'll be getting you a copy today, Brother Tommy. Um, Great. With that, we'll get started. Brother Tommy, would you like to open us in prayer? Absolutely. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. My wife and I come into a place of agreement. And Lord, we first of all, hallelujah, thank you that there is, because of the blood of Jesus, not our righteousness, not our goodness, but your blood has purchased us in ability, a new and a living way that we can approach you. Father, we thank you. And it's based upon the blood of of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Are you listening to me out there in Radio Land? Come into agreement with us. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off your accomplishments. Get your eyes off your goodness. Get your eyes off your lack of goodness. Look up and see that the way has been paved to the throne of the Father, and that way that's been paved is blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It gives you an ability to go boldly Through the righteousness of Christ, we're coming right to the Father right now. And we ask you to shower people from uh, Asia to America to wherever they're listening around the world. Let the power of the Holy Ghost be felt in their body, in their mind, in their spirit. We drive out every devil of hell. Every spirit of affliction, fear, torment, depression, and addiction by the authority 
of the name of Jesus Christ be loosed and let go by the authority of the name. Lord, let your power fall now. Glory to God. Let souls be saved as they were yesterday listening to this show. Let those that have drifted away be brought back to you and let the saints be supercharged to see Jesus Christ as never ever before that's how we're coming here today in the mighty name of jesus we pray and if you're out there say amen right where you're sitting glory to god saints i want to talk to you about 20 things that the holy spirit does now we know that the father the son and the holy ghost are one it's one god distinctively in three persons. You say, how does that work? I don't know. It's better felt than telt. I don't know how uh, a brown cow eats green grass and we get white milk, but I drink it. Uh, I don't know how an egg's got three parts to it, but I scramble them up and I eat them. So I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. The Father is the one that willed everything. Jesus came and secured it on the cross but the Holy Ghost applies it. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that to you again. The Father is the creator and the architect of all things, God the Father. He willed everything into existence, but then he did it through the Son. The Son of God secured it. He's the Word of God. And then on Calvary, he purchased us back to himself, right? And his work is finished. Jesus didn't say it's almost finished. Jesus said it is finished. So his work is done. He's going to sit at the right hand of the Father until the time that the time is up. Let's put it that way, until the time is up, till the time of the rapture is up, and then all of the things that are going to have to happen after that, the Gentile, last Gentile is going to get saved, if you will, and then the time of Israel is going to be ushered in, and then the millennial and all of that stuff and what have you. But here's what I want to get to you at. The God did not send. Jesus said, when I'm, he said, I'm going away, you see. He said, I'm going away. The disciples said, wait, what? Jesus, I'm going away. They said, we've been serving you for three years. We left everything, Lord. I mean, we left our businesses. We left our kids. We left, we left everything. And you're, you're, you're telling us at the end of this thing, you're going to leave us? Jesus said, yep. He said, I got to go away. He said, uh, if I don't go, he said, I can't send the Holy Ghost. And he said, what? Well, they didn't know what he was talking about. And they were sad. Jesus said, what, why are you sad? He said, well, you're leaving us. I mean, I guess if I was there too, Brother Shannon, and those of you out there in radio, I'd be sad too. I said, wait a minute, Lord. You know, we've suffered a lot. We've been thrown out of the church. You know, they were excommunicated from the synagogues. Their families were, were under persecution. And uh, they went through a lot. And they said, well, Lord, wait a minute. We've been through all this for three and a half years, and now you're leaving us. Jesus said, yeah, but don't worry about it. He said, because I'm coming back but I'm coming back through my spirit. He said, I'm sending you somebody. You are, yeah. He said, I'm sending you another comforter. Uh, In fact, he said, it's the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. Now, stay with me now. This is a mystery. I know some of you know this, see. We say we know this, but hear me out. Listen now. He said, I'm sending the Holy Ghost to you. And when he comes, 
He is going to be doing some things, watch this, in you and through you. He's going to produce my nature, my character. We call that the fruits of the Spirit or the fruits of righteousness. He's going to reproduce me in you. Now, I've been with you, Jesus said. But now I'm coming to be inside of you. Wow. What a promise you have, child of God. Not only is Jesus with us, he is now in us. And he comes to us in the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's not an if. The old-time Pentecostals years ago would say, well, did you get it? Hold on a second. Holy Spirit is not an it. Can you imagine walking into a room and somebody turns to a bunch of people and says, well, it's here. It just walked in. What? That would be the most disrespectful, quite honestly stupid, rude thing a person could do is refer to you or any human being as an it. Well, if it's rude to do to one another, how much more rude is it and just shows the ignorance of sometimes of God's people in referring to the third person of the blessed Trinity as a God, Jesus Christ is the Holy Ghost is the spirit of Jesus Christ. Why do you know that? If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will make alive your mortal body. Now, I want to say this to you. You're going to need, you say to me, evangelist, revivalist, Tommy Hollihan, why are you talking about this today? Don't you know what's going on in the world? We got socialist Marxists that are holding hands with Hamas, pro-Palestinian terrorists in our cities right now. And they're going to be marching in Michigan, 20,000 strong. They're shooting at Jewish school. There's, there's chaos going on in our nation. Our world is, is in a chaotic situation. In the Middle East, it seems like we're being drawn further and further into what could possibly be a world war. And then we have uh, the president of China flying in to meet with our president in California to talk about peace. Uh, this is like uh, Neville Chamberlain back in World War II meeting with Hitler and trying to work out a peace agreement. My friend, listen to me. We are in tem terrible, tumultuous times. Perilous times are here, said Peter talked about and Paul talked about. We're in those perilous times, and we need to know what to do Right now, more than ever. So that's why I want to talk to you about the Holy Ghost, and then I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that, and as I pray right now, that the Spirit would stir you through the preaching of my words. And listen, you know what? Let me just get something real clear here to begin with. I'm a nobody telling everybody about somebody that can change anybody. Now, with God and in God, yes, indeed, where I am, well, I'm powerful. I, 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 he's the treasure in, in, in this earthen vessel, though. Hear me out. I'm well aware that I'm an earthen vessel, redeemed, paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, but I'm an earth vessel. I'm a clay pot, but I have the God that made the universe living inside of me, and he's testifying of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, so do you, by the way, if you're born again. Now, if you're not, 
born again, you're listening to this radio show, you're going to have an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ into your heart, not in your brain, the longest journeys from the head to the heart, 18 inches. You believe in God, so does the devil, but you're going to need to receive him into your heart. Housewife, you need the Holy Ghost, see? You need Jesus to come in by the Spirit of God. Sir, you out there in business world, you're working, you're doing this, you're doing that. Teenager, you need Jesus. You need an experience, a supernatural experience called being born again. And that occurs when you humble yourself, ask God's forgiveness of your sins, accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross as full payment for your sins, and then invite him through his spirit to, to come and live in you. <laughs> you do that, my friends. You're about to have an experience that will change you forever, and you're going to get that chance before I'm done speaking to you. But what are we talking about the Holy Spirit? I just said that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he accomplished his mission. He taught what he needed to teach, gave us the golden rule, if you will, to love one another as we would be want to be loved, reinforced the principle that we're to love God first and our neighbors second. But then he did what he came to this earth to do. He took our place on the cross. He took the judgment Every human being on this earth deserves for our willful disobedience. We call it sin. And he took the judgment we deserve on that cross out of love for us, died and rose again and ascended to the right hand of the Father, there accepted as the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world, his work is done. Hold on a second. But then he sent the Holy Spirit because our work is not done. He sent the Holy Spirit to enforce the resurrection, the death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ in our life. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the Father and Son inside of you in power. And he has a specific reasons for why he has taken up residence in your life. He did not move into the building to live in the basement. Glory be to God. He did not move into the building, into your life, to be shuffled off in a corner somewhere. He is, amen, God Almighty, and he is Christ the Lord by the Holy Spirit. And he begins a work in you to begin to transform you, see, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, if that same spirit, the Bible says this, what does it tell us? It says we all, with an unveiled face, said Moses put a veil on his face because the glory that hit him on, the, on Mount Sinai when he saw the back end of God and he received the Ten Commandments, the glory of the Lord, the light of God was so strong, it, it stayed in his skin, he shined like a 10,000 watt light bulb and he came down from the mountain, but he, it started fading and he had to put a veil over his face so people could see him. Can you imagine seeing Moses coming down that mountain glowing like a, a neon light, glory to God, but he put a veil on his face because he said the glory was fading. But then Paul said, now we got to take away anything in our lives 
that is separating us from the Lord, we all with unveiled faces as beholding in a mirror the glory or the image of God, we are transformed from one stage of glory or one stage of change or one stage of character to the next stage of character. We are changed from glory to glory, watch, by the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. We are changed by the Spirit from glory to glory, from one state of, 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 of where we're at, from one image of God to the next. So God is doing a work in us. He comes not to leave you. He loves you the way you are and loves me the way I am, but he loves us too much to leave us like that. He's transforming us. That word is metamorphe in the Greek. It means to go from a caterpillar to a butterfly. We are ever after we are saved, the Holy Spirit goes to work desiring to transform us from glory to glory. Watch what it says now over there in Corinthians, by the Spirit. One of the great jobs, if you will, of the precious Holy Spirit in you and I is to help us to be transformed from glory to glory. See, what does that mean? They'll break that down. What it means very simply, this friend, is that after I got saved, I was a brand, so were you, you're brand new on the inside, but you got this old way of thinking. You got the old way of reacting. And you got to remember when you got saved, uh, watch this, the old you died and the new you got put inside of you. Hallelujah. That wants to serve God, wants to love people, wants to please God. But remember this, my friend, sin did not die in you. You died, but sin is still active in your in your in your being it's active but you don't have to obey it now before we were slaves to it before the the uh, the, the that old sin nature said to you steal that no i shouldn't do it go ahead and take it nobody's going to know it well i shouldn't do it but you did it See, or that old sin nature got you looking, some of you men looking at some things we shouldn't have looked at. So nobody's looking. I can look. Well, I shouldn't, but I did. That's that old sin nature, you see. Or somebody did wrong to you, and you're mad at them. <clears throat> I should forget. I ain't going to forgive them. they nothing but a, a, a blankety, a lousy this, dousy that. What is that? That's that sin nature in you. We got something that's ours. We're not sharing that with anybody. That's selfishness. That's the sin nature. So when you get saved, God takes your, you, you who are full of that sin, he takes you and puts a brand new in, new in you. He's got a new person in you. But that sin nature is still in the way you think, and it has to be overcome. The Holy Spirit is here to help transform you so that now when you want to argue with your wife, your wife wants to argue with the husband, the Holy Spirit says, I want to transform that area. Instead of saying you are you're you you never will change now something comes out of you that says you know honey I'm praying for you I know you got a lot of pressure in your life and I'm going to pray for you today and I'm not going to badger you or vice versa there's a transformation that God desires to bring to you friend that comes from the Holy Spirit it doesn't come by willpower doesn't come by going to therapy it comes by the precious. Holy Spirit. That's one of his ministries. I said it's one of his ministries. It's not his only ministry, but one of the great ones is that he transforms us. Because who among us is perfect? Certainly not Tommy Hollihan. Certainly not me. You know, not me. I, I trip up every single day. 
I come up short in things I shouldn't, I should have done that I didn't do. And I come up short every day in things I shouldn't have done or said or thought that I did do. Thankfully, there's a waterfall of God's blood that forgives us. His mercy forgives us, and he gives us grace, though, to be transformed. He doesn't just say, it's okay, stay the where you are. No. If we're desirous of it, the Holy Spirit will absolutely transform us. So listen, I hope that helps you over there, because don't rely on yourself to change yourself. You go ahead and you can say, Lord, your word says over there in 2 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, that I am transformed by the ministry of the Holy Spirit that lives within me. Now, that's not all he does, though. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, in verse 26, it says that when the he, the Spirit, comes, the Comforter, the Advocate comes, Jesus said, he will teach you. What? He will teach you. You have a tutor. When my children were young years ago, I had a tutor I brought in. And that tutor taught my children. She was their personal teacher, a tutor. And her name was Sister Andrea. And she would come and teach my children, personally teach them their arithmetic or their social studies. She'd go over that work with them. God has given you a tutor. He's given you a personal teacher that lives within you that is here to teach you all about Jesus. The Holy Spirit is come to reveal Jesus to you. It says, but the advocate, watch this now, Jesus said, but the advocate, John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, all things you need to know, and will remind you of everything I said to you. Now watch that. It says the advocate. That word advocate means one who stands by you, one who pleads your cause. He's your advocate. You have right now, and also the, the most of translations in the Konya Greek on the translate, because I, I studied this out in about 19 different translations, this verse. Most of the languages of the other translations will say he's the helper. When the helper comes, glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen to me, friend. You have a helper. Glory to God. He helps you no matter what it is. If you're open to him, he'll help you speak right. He'll help you love your, your spouse. He'll help you love your kids. He'll help you get over fear. He'll help you get through the terrible situation you're in right now. He has been sent as your helper. Glory to God. You have a helper. That's what old brother David said. He said, I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. He said, my help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He didn't say he come from the mountains. He said, I look up. I see what God's done in the mountains, but my help don't come. From that, it comes from the Lord. The, he's my helper. God is your helper through the Holy Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to help you. He'll help you to understand the Bible. He'll help you to love your enemies, if you'll ask him. He'll help you to understand the season we're in, if you'll ask him. He is your helper. Helper to help you do what? Help you to do everything you need to do the way God wants you to do it. Start asking him. Say, oh, Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. You are 
are my helper. Help me, Lord. I feel weak today. I'm overcome by things. Please help me. He'll help you if you ask him. So look at that over there in John 14. He said he's your helper, your advocate. He said the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will, uh uh-oh, look at you now. He'll teach you. Still in verse 26, all things. What? All the things you need to know. He will teach you if you're open to him and you ask the Lord, say, I need you to teach me. He'll begin to teach you everything you need to know about your life and about Christ. He says he will teach you all things, watch this, and will remind you of everything I have said. That's a wonderful thing. You see, the Holy Spirit will bring the Bible to your remembrance. Let me just give you something practical about learning the Bible. Do you know that you remember 20% of what you hear, but about 80% of what you write down? That's right. If you'll write down, even take John 14, 26, and I'm, I'm quoting to you right now, you just write that down, write it out, and then the Holy Spirit goes to work to help you to remember the Word of God, because the Word of God is, is what God has spoken. Jesus said one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to, what, remind you, say it, remind me of everything I've said to you. The Holy Spirit reminds you of the Word of God. You say, I can't remember. That's okay. But the Holy Spirit, if you'll believe, remember I talked yesterday about like precious faith, if you'll believe Trust him. He will remind you of what the scripture said. See, that's right. You'll sit and say, I don't know what to do right now. What should I do with my life? I'm not sure what I should do. Now, the spirit, if you're not working, he'll remind you. Let him that stole steal no more, but let him work with his hands. The thing that is good that he might have to give to them that have a need. Oh, thank you, Lord. There is God. The Holy Spirit reminds you that if you're able to work, you should work so that you can pay your bills and help others pay theirs. See, he reminds you. You say, well, I'm sick. All of a sudden, he'll quicken a scripture to you. By whose stripes you are healed. Praise you, Lord. I stand on that word for healing. Amen. So that's the job. One of the great ministries or the jobs, if you will, of the Holy Ghost is he is a... He is a standby helper comforter. He comforts you. He helps you. uh, And he reminds you of what Jesus Christ has said in his word, which is everything that he's got to say to you, he reminds Isn't that beautiful? Praise God. You know, saints, I'm about as dumb as a box of rocks. I was raised by an atheist father that had a raging temper. He didn't get mad. He didn't get angry. He he was possessed because when he got saved, they came screaming out of him. But we were raised that way, me and my brother, and we could never have peace in our home because my father was a rageaholic. So therefore, my, I never learned anything in school. I, I was angry all the time and taking it out on the world. <clears throat> so when I got saved, I was not, you know, I, I just, whatever. But you know what? The Holy Ghost came in me. And the Holy Spirit, when he got in me at 19 years old, he began to educate me. He began to teach me. I'd open up the Word, and I'd begin to read the Word, or books that the Holy Ghost would lead me to read. And, and I'd begin to understand things that I could never understand. My family was amazed. They said, what in the world happened to you and your brother? We got born again. Whereas before, all we did is want to do drugs and make people's lives miserable. Now, 
our lives changed, and we both have been in the ministry now over 40-some years. Can you imagine that? My brother's been pastoring the same church in Long Island, New York, the Healing Center, for 40-some years. I've been in the ministry as a pastor and a traveling revivalist by the grace of God for 47, 46, 47 years. That's a God's God. Come on, how did that happen? I got an atheist father and a mother that's Irish Catholic that prayed to Mary. <laughs> you figure that one out. God knows what he's doing, friend. But when I got the Holy Ghost, boy, did I get the teacher came inside of me, and he began to teach me, and he can teach you too, if you're open to allowing him to teach you. Are you open to that? Do you want it? Do you want that hunger for God like you've never had before? Well, he'll teach you if you want it. All right, listen, but not only that, but you know what else the Holy Ghost does? He speaks. He's got a voice. But you've got to say, Lord, I want to begin to hear your voice. Not some little distant crazy. You know, a lot of Christians today uh, in the church, they're hearing God every two minutes talk. It's a scary thing, my friend. It's a scary thing. The Lord told me this or the Lord told me that. No, he does speak. Because the Bible tells us in Revelation, every time in Revelation 2 and chapter 3, when, when Jesus spoke to the churches, seven churches at the end, he told every one of them, start listening to what the Spirit has to say through the church. Through the church. He said through the, 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 the message that the Lord is speaking to. I can't get into that right now, but the Holy Spirit does speak, doesn't he? Now, I, I just want to say this. You've got to be careful because a lot of people hearing voices today, and God told me to leave my wife, and, you know, uh, the Lord told me uh, this, and the Lord told me. Uh, some people hearing from God to be two minutes. No wonder I don't hear from God that much. He's too busy talking to them, telling them what color shoes to buy. This is all nonsense and foolishness. I want to say this to you. There's a lot of It's like a mass psychosis. People are hearing voices. They think everything they hear in their head, if it's got some kind of a little religious connotation is God speaking to them. That's not how the Holy Ghost does things. That's not how he leads you, my friends. That is not has anything to do with this. The Holy Spirit does speak, but he always agrees with the word of God. And if you don't, you can only be led by the Holy Ghost to the degree that you know that Bible. If you're not willing to pick that Bible up and read it, my friend, you'll never know if what you're hearing in your head is indeed the Holy Spirit, because he agrees with the Word. That's what it says in 1 John 5. The Spirit and the Word agree. Agree. Say, so you've got to get into that Word, but the Spirit speaks. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He'll help you. Uh, uh, make decisions. He'll he'll use other people, though, to confirm it. You ought to have a good pastor. I don't care if you got 10 people in your church, but you have a pastor or a leader there that loves God, is sold out to God, and that can help you grow in the things of God and confirm that what you think you're hearing is, is indeed the Lord. You know, the Bible's, listen, the Word of God says we're not even supposed to get up in the church and prophesy and say the Lord says this or the Lord says that, unless there's two or three uh, mature Christians there to judge that word, because it was getting crazy in Paul's day in the church, and all kinds of nuts jumping up, and God told me this, God told me that in the service, and finally Paul had to write him over there in Corinthians 14 and straighten out the mess, because it was craziness. 
And you, I have a lot of Christians, God bless them, I love them so much, but they got into some crazy things today. You can't tell them anything because God tells them everything. I lost a good a good uh, son of mine like that, a son in the faith. I got many, many, many sons in the faith. I don't, I've lost count years ago of all of them, sons and daughters that come to Christ through me and by the grace of God there and call me their spiritual dad. And But some, uh, one, I've just lost him totally because God talks to him all the time. You can't correct him. You can't tell him anything because God tells That's dangerous, friend. That's that's cultism. And that is, you, you'll end up shipwrecked somewhere with a mental block in your head. You've got to be careful of that. But, but nevertheless, Revelation 2, 7 says he speaks. Not only that, but he also reveals things to us. The Bible says that I has not seen in First uh, uh, Corinthians 2, I has not seen. There is no ear that is heard. The great things that God has in store for those that love him. Oh, did you hear me? It says no eye, human eye, has ever seen. No human ear has ever heard the great things that God has in store for those that love him. And we usually stop there, but look at the rest of the verse. It says, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit, Holy Spirit, searcheth the deep things of God and reveals them unto us. This is what I want to say, the third or fourth thing. I probably won't get through this today. But the third or fourth thing that the Holy Spirit does is he's a revelator. Say what? A revelator. That is, he unveils hidden things in the word of God and makes it alive to you. He'll take something you've read and say, never made sense to you. And he'll take it and he'll illuminate it to your mind. He'll give you understanding of it. It's called revelation. He'll reveal it to you. And you'll be, wow, Lord, I've never seen it. You know, I've been reading the Bible 50 years now in parts of the Bible that never made sense to me because it wasn't what God wanted me to know at that time. You can be reading through the book of, you know, first John chapter three today. And uh, most of the chapters doesn't mean a thing to you, but all of a sudden one verse jumps out or a paragraph and suddenly, wow. Oh, dear Lord. That's, oh, yes, Lord, that's so good. That's the spirit revealing to your spiritual man the word of God that he's trying to get across to you for that moment. Listen to me, friend. I'm talking to those of you that really want God in this final hour. You're going to need to stay close to him. You're going to need to draw near to God dearer to him than you've ever been before. Listen to me. Draw near to him. Draw near to him. Come close to him. James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to pull you into Jesus and the Father to reveal them to you, to change you and transform you, to help you to pray, to comfort you. This is what the Holy Spirit does. It's not another spirit. It's the the spirit of Jesus, and he's in you, but he's not come to live in the basement. He's come to take over now. So he wants to reveal the deep things to you. He wants to show you beautiful things that are hidden to your natural eye and your natural mind. And if you'll ask him, 
say, Holy Spirit, I want to know, Lord Jesus, the deep thing. I want things, I want revelation of your spirit. The word revelation said reveal, the word reveal in the Greek is apocalypto. Apocalypto, it means to uncover. See, that Bible's hidden right now. I'll tell you what, I don't care if you got a, you got more degrees behind your name than a, a, a thermometer. That's not going to help you. You can read that Bible day in and day out. It will not help you. It is only as the Holy Spirit who wrote that book through his secretaries, the Holy Spirit opens it up to you. Then it begins to say, oh, that makes sense. Glory to God. Listen to me, friend. That's one of his promises to you, that he'll reveal. Do you want that? Do you want that? Well, then you've got to go after it and ask God for it. Put that TV aside. Put that social media aside. Put those little games aside. Put the tip phone aside and go. Ooh, I felt the quickening of the spirit. Go and ask the Lord. Give me. I want a heart. Oh, like never before that'll have the word revealed to me. I want to grow in that word and grow in grace. But not only does he do that and reveals over there in 1 Corinthians 2.10, but he also instructs us over in Matthew's, uh, excuse me, over in Acts, it says that the spirit in Acts 8 instructed them what they were to do. He will actually, if you wait on the Lord, he'll make clear to you certain things. So a lot of times we get in trouble because we jump out. We get a little something from the Lord and say, God, I heard from God. We run out. <laughs> That's what Moses did. God revealed to him, you're the deliverer. He said, ah, thanks God, I got it from here. Run out the next day, saw an Egyptian beating on a Jew. Moses run over and killed him real quick, buried him in the sand. And he, and, 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 and he said, well, I'm the deliverer. Here I am. Next day, get out there, try to do the same thing. And his own people turned on. They said, what are you going to do? Kill us the way you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Moses got scared. That cost him 40 years in the desert. Listen to me. You can't do your way, God's will your way. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal God's will, but he wants you to go God's way. More Christians have shipwrecked trying to, uh, trying to do the will of God their way. They heard from God, or they got into a God-called minister, or a God-called marriage, and they or God spoke to them, and they ran it and said, thank you, Lord, we'll take it from here. No, sir, my friend. God, the Holy Spirit, will instruct you and lead you every inch of the way. You have to stay near the Lord. He's an instructor so that you do his will his way. Now, not only does the Spirit of God instruct us and reveal things to us and speak to us and teach us, but he also testifies only of Jesus. In John's Gospel 15, 26, that he said, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will testify of me. The Holy Spirit's not going to tell you what the lottery numbers are. The Holy Spirit's not going to tell you all this crazy stuff. The Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of Christ, will constantly testify, serve the Lord, he'll tell you. Go to Jesus with that. Share the Lord with that person. Uh, don't walk around defeated if you sinned. He'll testify that Jesus is a forgiver of your sins. He'll testify that Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. You'll, you'll get reminded, that's the Holy Spirit, my friend, that ain't you. That ain't you. That's the Holy Spirit in you testifying. He's your healer. Well, I ain't got no money. He's your provider. Hallelujah. That's the Spirit testifying of Jesus Christ, that he'll supply all your needs 
according to his riches and glory. So the Spirit will test. Are you open to what I'm saying right now, friend? You say, well, I want the deep things of God. I want to understand the mysteries of the book of Revelation. And listen, stop all that nonsense, my friend. Listen to me. God didn't going to give us understanding of all that stuff. Nobody gets all that. We have, we know things in part here. What you need to get concerned about is your walk with God. Get concerned about your growth in God. Get concerned about how you're treating the people around you. Are you growing in God? Is anybody convicting you of being like Jesus? Is anybody saying, hey, you remind me of Jesus? That's, that's what we ought to be excited about is more of Jesus, more of Jesus, more of Jesus. And somebody said, more of Jesus and less of me. How about all of Jesus and none of me? Paul said, I'm dead with Christ. He didn't say there's a little bit of me left. He said, I want it all out. All right, now, let's keep going. Glory to God. And so not only does he take, is this good, Brother Shannon? Yes, sure. This so, is powerful tonight. Keep going. It's sound. This is soundness. Listen to me, friend. I'm, I, I, I'm telling you right now, when Paul wrote Timothy and he told that young man how to live, he said, I'm getting ready to go. Paul said, I'm out of here. I'm going to be offered up. I'm gone. So he wrote First and Second Timothy to a young pastor and over and over and over and over and over and over. He told him this. He said, it's going to be terrible times coming, but Teach the people sound teaching, sound doctrine, sound, soundness, not craziness, not, not I had lunch yesterday with Michael the Archangel and we had tea or I went to heaven, I served God and he looked like a balloon. I, this crazy stuff I'm hearing today, it scares me. It worries me. That's not what Paul in the Bible tells us to do, to have all these crazy visions. He said, I want you to teach people sound teaching, sound doctrine, that may, soundness. That's what you need, child. That's why so many Christians are on psychotropic medications or they're popping pills like the world because their minds are not sound. The Holy Spirit has come to make your mind sound, but you've got to be willing to listen to him and do what God says to do in his word, my friend. And that's why the Spirit only testifies about Jesus. He will only reveal Jesus because it is Jesus. It's the spirit of Jesus revealing all of Jesus to us. Hallelujah. There's something else he does over there in Acts 9.31. It says he comforts us. He comforts us. It just doesn't say that over in Acts, though. It says it over there in uh, 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 1. It says Paul opened up. He said, now may the God, the God of all comfort, comfort you in all of your suffering, so that you may comfort others with the same comfort by which you were comforted in all of your suffering. Did you hear that? When my son was killed, and then the mother of my children, not long afterwards, she passed. My son died on a highway. My wife injected wrongfully by a doctor. My life was destroyed. Oh, the pain, friend. <clears throat> the pain. I cannot describe to you. I've been through many things in life. I've lived in the woods of Alaska with the Athabastian Indians. I've fought forest fires. I've been through injuries, wounds. I can't even go into you. The things I've seen, the 
pains that I've endured in life. But the pain of that loss almost destroyed me. But it was the goodness of the comforter who came to me and brought me through the loss of all those things. Oh, I yes, I burned out. Oh, yes, I didn't react very well to it. Oh, it, it, it was a terrible time of my life. I thought I'd never, ever recover. But the comforter comforted me, and he brought me through, and he brought me out. It took several years of God working in me, taking out that pain that made me cry like an animal. Oh, I lived with such regret. Why didn't I do more of this for her? Why did I do that? Why, why did I love? I, he had to bring me through all of that, the comfort. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the comfort on this right now to say this to you. The Holy Spirit will comfort you in your suffering. And so that you will be able to turn around and comfort and help someone else that's going through the exact thing of what he brought you through. Do you know I have a ministry now to parents that have lost their children? I can minister to people that have lost loved ones that are broken over it, broken, whereas before I, they'd tell me that, i said, well, I'm sorry for your loss, and God bless you. And I did, you, know, you do your best, but you don't feel their pain. What am I getting at? When you go through something, friend, that's terrible, the Holy Spirit will be there. It's a tough time. Maybe you lost your house or this or something else happened or whatever it is in life. You got fired off a job. You thought you were going to the office to get a promotion. The boss done fired you. He'll bring you through that. He'll come for you and get you something better. But that thing that you go through in life that's difficult, it ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's to turn around and help other people to walk through it and to stay with God and to stay faithful. That's why we have suffering. I've just answered the greatest question that's ever been asked in the world. Why does God allow the suffering? He allows it so that he can comfort you, bring you through it, and you can help somebody else get through it. That's why, glory to God, he's a comforter. I feel the, Lord, right now, I feel your presence. I pray that you minister the same presence, Master, that you're feeling on me right now. Touched people that are listening. They, they've gone, some have been raped. Some, some have been molested. Some have been left by somebody they love, walked out on them, broke their heart. Others have been sick, and they, their health is terrible. Lord, I'm praying whatever the suffering is right now that any, everybody, somebody's going through, whether afflicted mentally, whatever it might be, my God, the Holy Ghost, let comfort come. Let the comforter comfort them in their suffering, Master, right now, that they can turn and comfort somebody that's going through the same thing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So he's the comforter. Well, not only does he comfort you and me in these last days that we're in, but he also calls us to do things. Now, hear me, friend. Everybody's not called to preach. Uh, the first time I preached, I was 20 years old. I preached. I was a young man in business. I preached. Preacher took me, sat me down, looked me in the eye. I remember his name. was Pastor Lester. He said, well, I know one thing after hearing you preach. I said, what's that? He said, you're not called to preach. 
I said, well, thank God for that, because I don't want to do it to begin with. He said, no, you're a young man. You're going to be good at business. He said, you go back and stay with your business and support ministries like mine. I said to myself, oh, glory to God, hallelujah, there you go. I said, I didn't think I was called to preach anyway. Well, let me tell you something, friend. Obviously, that guy was wrong. And obviously I was wrong because the Lord wouldn't let me alone. He kept pulling me and working in me and sending me confirmation. Now I've been preaching 47, 48 years now. But he will call you in Acts 13. Listen to me. I like what Brother Shambach used to say. Some were sent, a lot just went. I'm going to quote to you Acts 13 where Paul and... uh, Barnabas and others were, were, watch what it says here, I'm probably getting a little bit wrong, but Acts 13, 1, it says there were certain uh, teachers and prophets uh, at Antioch, see, Antioch, not Antioch in Turkey or Asia, this is the Antioch that became the Gentile headquarters in Israel, there were certain prophets and teachers at Antioch, he said Lucius was there, and Menion was there, he said, and Saul uh, who was Paul was there, and Barnabas was there. Watch this. It says, as they ministered, ooh, I feel you, Lord. As they ministered to the Lord, not for the Lord, to the Lord, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Paul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And so they with fasted and prayed, and then the apostles laid their hands on them. They were sent out. It says they were sent out by the Holy Ghost. Hear me now. Hear me. You can never minister for the Lord until you learn how to minister to the Lord. See, they were ministering and fasting. They were praising him in worship. They were just getting together and glorifying the Lord. We love you today, Lord, and we're lifting up our needs, and we sing hallelujah, and they were praising God. They were ministering to the Lord, ministering to him, and out of that beautiful time that they would spend with the Lord in Acts 13, 1 through 6, out of that They cultivated a rich relationship with the power of of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Ghost. And out of that, one day the Holy Ghost said, all right, separate me, Barnabas and Paul. I've got a work for them to do. Who does the calling? Not some board, not some Bible college, and not a preacher. The Holy Ghost. Now, the Holy Ghost can use a board. The Holy Ghost can use a preacher, but it's got to be the Holy Ghost that calls you, but he will call you. He will call you, friend. And when he calls you to something, you'll never start out big. You always start out small and test you in the area of faithfulness. He'll call you into something. He'll call you to do something. But the Holy Spirit calls. That's what I wanted to say. It says they being sent forth by the Holy Spirit. See? By the Holy Spirit. That's what it says right there. Didn't say a denominational board sent them out or grandma prayed over them and sent them out. No. The Holy Ghost called them to do, and that's when they went out. That's why they were successful. They went from there, from Antioch. They left, went over to uh, Crete, the Isle of Crete. Revival broke out there. They struck a man blind, and the governor got saved. Then they went on to Asia, and that's when the revival, that's their first missionary journey. I ain't got time for that. But all, all the while, if you read Acts, it's the Holy Spirit told them this, the Holy Spirit told them that. Holy Spirit forbid them to go to a certain part of the country. See, when God calls you by the Holy Spirit, you will always, always be desiring to glorify Jesus, not yourself. Not yourself. It ain't about you or your ministry. Let me just say this. You don't need the Holy Ghost to call you to love your wife. 
You don't need the Holy Ghost to call you and speak to you to love your husband. You don't need the Holy Ghost to call you to stop sinning. You don't need the Holy Ghost to call you to go to work. All of that stuff is the general will of God. Say general will of God. It's all in the word. He gives you his general will. But his specific will, his specific will, will come to you by the Spirit and with confirmation from godly people. I'm going to add with godly people. When I was just 20, I think it was 21 years old, 1974, three, I was 21, and I said, God, do I go into business or do I do I go into ministry? I, just, I was betwixt two. I was in a meeting with several hundred people. A godly man was preaching. Later on, he became my pastor, but he was preaching, and, oh, the presence of God was there. And and, and he began, at the end of the service, but he said, I'm going to move through the crowd, begin to lay hands on people. And the crowd was thick. The crowd was thick that night, but the glory of God was thicker. And as he began to move through the crowd, laying hands on people and praying over them, and laying, I was there saying, oh, Lord, you got to speak to me. Do I go into ministry? Do I do I look in that direction, or do I look, oh, God, do I start getting trained for ministry, or do I, do I go full-time into this business? And he come up to me, he looked at me, never seen me before. He put his hand on my head. Then he took his hand off. He said, son, I don't know who you are, but get behind me and start laying hands on people. You're called to the ministry. Hallelujah. You see, he'll always confirm something that the spirit is saying. He'll confirm it through a man or woman of God, a man or woman of God. See, all right. So, so he comforts us. He testifies of Jesus. The Holy Spirit instructs us in Acts. He reveals the word to us in Corinthians 2. He speaks to us in Revelation 2 and 3. He teaches us in John 16. He calls us in Acts 13. And look at this here now. In Acts 4, it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. They had already been filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. But the Bible tells us after getting persecuted from the religious people, John and Peter went uh, back to the church and they told them everything that, that had happened about the man being healed at the gate called Beautiful. And But but the, the Pharisees and Sadducees dragged them before the, uh, before, the, before the board and they said, if you ever do this again, we're going to beat on you. We'll, we'll beat you. Stop preaching this Jesus name stuff. And old brother John and Peter, they went back to the church elders and back and they reported everything that happens. And then it says they lifted up their voice in one accord and the whole church began to pray. It says, and when they were done praying, the building was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute. I thought that Peter, John, and those people were filled. They were filled, but they got refilled. Listen to me. David, King David said, anoint me with fresh oil. Fresh oil. You need to, oh, listen to me, friend. I've been up, uh, not because I make myself get up. The Spirit just kind of gets me up, and I'm excited about the Lord, so I stay up. So I got up this morning. I guess it was three-something. But my first prayer to come out of my mouth is, oh, Holy Ghost, fill me up today. Fill my wife and I today. Fill us up. Fill us up, Lord. Oh, fill us. Fill us up, Lord. Let our cups run over. Fill us up with your Holy Spirit. 
They got re- why do I say that? Because we are leaky vessels. We we do. We need fresh infillings of the Lord. When you got saved and the Spirit came in you and you were baptized in the Holy Ghost, oh, he came in you for sure. But listen to me, friend, there's nothing wrong with asking God for a fresh infilling, a fresh touch, a fresh infilling of the Lord. See? Nothing better than that, my friend, than a fresh infilling. I was having one of those gobblers yesterday over at Wawa. Some of you don't know what Wawa is. It's a it's a gas station they have here in America, but they're huge and they, they got the best sandwiches and the best donuts you've ever seen in your life. And I wait every Thanksgiving. I don't tell my wife this. She'd probably get mad at me and yell at me for it, but uh, not really. But uh, I go get their gobbler. The gobbler is a special Thanksgiving sandwich they make. And oh my Lord God Almighty. So I went there yesterday to get me a gobbler with one of my employees and um we got there and while i was getting that gobbler made up i looked over and there was a donut my friend that donut holy hallelujah my lord and it, it said it had a fresh infilling it had a fresh infilling of strawberry and i and listen to me friend <laughs> I wanted that donut so bad. I, I I actually took it out. It was wrapped in plastic. I looked at it, and I said, "I got to put it back because I'm getting too 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 heavy as it is." So, but what is my point? We need a fresh infilling today of the Holy Ghost. If you're going to make it and thrive in this last day, you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. You need it. Because that freshness of the Spirit will push out those crazy thoughts. It'll push out the confusion. It'll push out your appetite for sin. It'll put in you an appetite for God. It'll put in you an appetite to love people. It'll put in you a desire to be a giver, not a taker. When the Holy Spirit fills you and refills you and fills you and refills you, you just want to love people. You just want to do the right thing in life. Yeah, the bends and those twists and those deep areas of our life that are more than sin. It's what's known as iniquity. Uh, sin is what you do. Iniquity is a lifestyle that can be passed on to you from your forefathers and, and what have you. And it's running around in your brain. Uh, and and that, that, that only the Holy Ghost can untwist a twisted way. That's what iniquity is. It's a twisted way. See, homosexuality is a twisted way. Perversion, sexual perversion, it's a twistedness. Okay, it doesn't mean your daddy was gay, your parents were gay, but it's a twistedness. And only the fresh infillings of the Holy Spirit can untwist what's been twisted. You need a deliverance from a demon spirit that'll attach itself. That's where the authority of the name of Jesus comes in. But it's the, uh, it's the Holy Spirit's job to constantly strengthen you and give you the impetus and the strength to walk in a place of constant refreshing where you obey God. So we find that he refills us over there, see? And I think what I'm going to do right now is I want to save some of this because I'm going to ask the Lord, I'm going to, uh, by the grace of God, I'll be speaking, preaching again tomorrow. And so I'm going to continue along this line because I, I cannot emphasize with you enough the importance. I cannot in, tell you enough 
of the importance of that we are filled in this hour with the Holy Spirit. You can't control what's happening right now in Syria. You can't control what's happening in Israel. You cannot control what's happening in the White House. But what you can be controlled is the amount of God that is living big in your life. And he's come through the Holy Spirit to live in you, to dwell in you, and it should be the greatest issue of your life. In fact, Jesus said, in the end days, it'll be like a ten women waiting on a husband. Back in those days, they waited as, as they, they would be they would be uh, selected, if you will, by a a a, a man to marry. And uh, you know, just like in the book of, of of what you call it, of the book of Esther, it says that the king they were the, the, the gathered the women of, of of his providence there. And he got a chance to pick one of them to be his queen. That's how they did things. That was their culture back then. And even in Jesus' day, it was their culture. So um, Jesus said the end times, the coming of the Lord, will be like uh, uh, bride, brides, uh, g- gals that want to get married. He called them ten virgins. And they wanted to get married, and, and they heard that this eligible bachelor was coming, and he wanted one of them, and he would select one of them. So they got themselves ready, and he didn't show up uh, right away. And it says while he was taking his time, they all fell asleep. They slumbered. But then one day at midnight, the cry came, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Hey, that's what Jesus told about himself. The midnight cry, there's going to come a cry, Jesus is coming. It's going to be very soon. He said at that moment, all of them got up. And they trimmed their lamps. See, that means that they they reached in there and they lit their lamps. They trimmed the wick, but only five of them had oil. And they began to head toward the bride, uh, the the groom who was coming over there on the horizon. They started moving quickly. And five of the others, they lit them. They started trying to light their lamps up, get them lit up. But they wouldn't light. And they yelled out to the ones that had the light in the lamps that were lit. Hey, we need some of your oil. And they said, oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You got to go purchase this where we got it. You see, let me say something to you, and I'm going to end with this. Salvation is free. But the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit in you, that'll cost you something. And that cost you is your flesh. You've got to be willing to die daily and give up your way of doing things, your way of thinking, your way of acting. All of that died with you the day you got saved and you put it under the waters of baptism. you got to give that old self to God and be willing to serve him in newness of spirit. And that's when the Holy Ghost power comes, the oil comes. This oil, the Holy Spirit likened in the Bible as fire, he's likened as wind, and he's likened as 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 oil is the main issue of the last day. Get ready. I'm going to pray with you right now. Get ready. I'm praying with you right now. Don't get weary, friend. Listen to me. Don't get weary. God loves you, and he proved it by coming to you in his son, Jesus Christ, uh, and dying a terrible, terrible death for you and me. Shed his blood. My God died for you and I. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I love you. And now he wants to fill us up with himself with his own self. He said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'll come to you, but I'm coming to you through my spirit. 
not another spirit, but the same spirit. Jesus Christ is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost of Jesus on this earth, see? So right now I'm going to pray for you that you would receive. If you're not saved, first of all, get ready. Get ready out there. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, you know who you are. If you're not sure you're saved, you're probably not. But if you can look back at a moment when you were saved, and maybe you've slipped a little back uh, quite a bit. Maybe you totally backslid or side slid or whatever. You're coming back to Jesus too. But I'm talking right now for those of you that have never, ever, ever said, Father, God, forgive me. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. I don't want to live like this any longer. I want to be saved. I want to know Jesus is living in me. Right now I'm calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you right now. Get ready. I'm going to pray with you. You're going to pray a prayer with me. You're not talking to man. You're talking to God. You're not talking to people around you. You're talking to God. If you're in the room right now, where you're about to get out of the room. Go sit in your car. Go stand out the street. Get somewhere low where you can pray this prayer. It's the most important thing you've ever done in your life, friend. You can forget me, and you haven't forgotten much. But if you forget Jesus right now, you've lost everything. Get ready. I want to pray with you that have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Here you go. Get ready. Pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer. Lord God, say it, Lord God, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I believe that you died for me on that cross. You took my sin and my judgment. I deserved it, but you took it. Now, Lord, forgive me for all my sins. Save me. Come into my heart and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Write my name. Say it. Write my name in that book you have in heaven. And should I die? Before you come, remember me. Remember me when I stand before you. In Jesus' name, I'm saved. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to start saying, thank you, Jesus, right? Just say it by faith. Take it by faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've called on you today, and your word says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord is saved. You're saved, friend. Don't wait for a feeling. It's a fact. You're saved. If you meant it, you're saved. You're saved. You're saved. Find some Christians or people that know about Jesus, a church that preaches the Bible, and get in that church, my friend. You're going to grow, and you're going to grow, and you're going to grow. Now, those of you that have been away from the Lord, we're going to pray for you right now. You need a fresh touch of the Spirit. You've been drifted away. Amen. Right now, you're coming back. You want to come back? Then you can come back right now. If you've been lukewarm, get ready. You don't want us to live that way. He'll spit you out of his mouth. You need to get the fire back. Get the fire back. This is not an hour to be playing around on the side, to be messing around with sin, to be messing around with crazy ideas. You need to get close to Jesus, closer than you've ever been before. For. Maybe there's some things you need to ask God's forgiveness of right now. Talking to the to the saved community out there, you need to bring something bitterness, anger, or 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 unforgiveness, or or prayerlessness, spiritual slumber, laziness. I don't know. God calls it spiritual adultery when you put other things of this world before Him. That you let your heart get weighed down with the cares and money and and fame and trying to do this. And some of you just trying to make a living. We we give so much attention. 
addition to that, we take away from our time with the Lord and we get cold and distant. That you don't, God understands, but he doesn't want you to stay like that. So he's calling you back right now. He's calling you into a red hot Holy Ghost relationship with him where your heart's burning with a hunger. Pray this with me, child of God. Pray this with me. Say this with me out loud. Lord Jesus. That's right. Lord Jesus, I want your fire. I want your fire of the Holy Spirit in me. Lord, would you set a fire, say it, would you set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control? I want more of you, Lord, more of you. Lord, put a new fire in me. I put aside and ask your forgiveness for anything that I've done or presently am doing that would grieve the Holy Ghost. And I turn from it and ask you to forgive me, cleanse me, and restore me now, oh God, to a powerful relationship with you. I ask these things that your name be glorified. Starting today is brand new. Yesterday's gone. Today, I'm brand new taking steps to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Now, Father, I pray for the power of the Holy Ghost upon everybody that prayed. I pray that the Spirit would fall as it did on the day of Pentecost. Fall on everyone that's listening to me. Touch Brother Shannon, Lord, in this amazing ministry, this wonderful man with his wonderful family. Fall on him. Strengthen him. Bless him. Raise him up. Continue to use him, O God. And we'll be back here tomorrow should you tarry, Lord, at the same time at 12 o'clock to see what the Spirit said. Friends out there in Radio Land, get everybody you can to that radio tomorrow, and let's believe God for something of the miraculous is going to happen. I claim healings on you out there. Deliverance from depression, oppression, devils of confusion. Loose them and let them go in the name of Jesus. I call it done. Amen. Amen. I received that powerful word today. Praise the Lord. Um, if you're just joining us, we've been live with evangelist Tommy Hollihan. And I'll have this one up and get you both of these today, Brother Tommy. And we're looking forward for part three tomorrow. Amen. We love you, brother. And God, I love you too. God bless you, my friend. It was a great message. Hallelujah. It's in the word. God bless you too. Bye-bye. See you soon. Praise God. Folks, what can I say? This has just been awesome today. Brother Terry Jefferson, Sister Deborah Vells, Brother Tommy Hollihan. And we're going to do one more program we call Speak My Word. Let me save this, take a break. If you want to join us, we'll be right back. Get ready to reset. 